we said. The Press Box. Back with another edition of the Press Box Podcast. Mike Grace for my partners, Chris Stewart and J.D. Byers. Great to have you with us as we offer up just a slice of what you can hear every day on our radio show, heard on great radio stations around the state and online 24-7 at PressBoxRadio.com. Go there, check the affiliates page to find the station nearest you. On the episodes page, you can hear the show on demand hour by hour all the way back to the very first hour of the show. Or simply press the listen button there and you can hear the press box anytime, 24-7. Today, you'll get to hear a couple of conversations, little snippets of a conversation we have with a couple of guys prepping their baseball teams for the NCAA Regionals. In a moment, you'll hear from Mark Calvey of South Alabama, but we started with Alabama head coach Brad Bohannon, who, uh, again, we asked him, was it a little relief, a little joy, a little pride? What was he feeling when he finally saw Bama's name show up in the NCAA bracket? A little bit of all the above, to be quite honest. Um, you know, I would have thought that you get a heads up, you know, <laughs> um, but I, I really had no idea, which uh, I'm typically a, a very optimistic and positive person. But, uh, you know, I, I knew we were truly on the bubble. I knew it was truly 50-50. And, you know, the fact that I didn't hear anything on the front end, I, I was I was concerned. I didn't think it was going to happen. So I think I was shocked and pumped and uh, you know, all, all the above, and, and just very thankful that we get to extend our season a little bit. Bo, I didn't even – did y'all even get together as a as a team to watch this? How did y'all deal with that yesterday? You, you know, we didn't – when I was at Kentucky, the, the soccer – men's soccer team was on the bubble one year and had a watch party, and they didn't get in, and it was just – it was terrible. It was just a really awkward um, – situation for everybody and I just didn't want that to happen so I just told the kids I was like hey you know get together on your own and watch it and then we'll have a team meeting you know right afterwards so um I I I did see a couple of videos you know homemade videos the kids took and uh it was pretty awesome to see the their their joy and excitement and and wish we could have shared that together but um I erred on the side of caution did did you guys as a staff watch it or were you just home watching on tv we did. We were in the office and, and watching it. Oh, wow. Uh, that was pr- pretty pretty fun moment for us. Because <laughs> I know you guys, y'all probably went bonkers to a level you wouldn't have if the kids had been in the room. Yeah, as the kids would say, it was pretty lit in here. <laughs> um, uh, there's a reason there weren't any cameras uh, allowed, that's for sure. <laughs> hey, Coach, uh, it's J.D. down in Mobile. I, I, I wanted to look back at coming to this point back to the regionals for the first time, I think since 14 to the Crimson Tide. Uh, you were part of rebuilds, though, Auburn and Kentucky. And these things have steps and processes, recruiting, uh, and, 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 and you know, your own theories of things and the way you want to do things. Tell me about those rebuilds and what you see forming at Tusc- in Tuscaloosa and comparing it to the, the rebuilds at Auburn and Kentucky in your time. Well, the first thing I'll tell you is I, I think this was harder than the other two for a couple of reasons. Uh, you know, no disrespect to anyone, but I, I thought we were further behind when I got here than we were at the other two places. And, you know, Butch has done an amazing job at Auburn. But, you know, when we got to Auburn, Keegan Thompson was on the team who's pitching in the major leagues for the Cubs and Casey Mize was already on the roster, um, you know, and and it's so essential to have those those big arms um, in this league. And I feel like, and I can't prove it, that the gap from the top 
third or top half of the league to the rest of college baseball is just more substantial now than it, it was five years ago or, or 15 years ago. And what I mean by that is Arkansas, Mississippi State, uh, Vanderbilt, Florida, Tennessee this year, you know, those teams are just so, so good. And, um, you know, nobody in the West is backing up. You know, nobody in the West is getting any worse. And, you know, you got to pass somebody if, you, if you're not going to finish in last place in the West. And, and you're talking about, um, you know, six other teams that I, I think have all been to the College World Series in, in recent times. So um, it, it's been a real challenge. And with all that being said, I, I think eventually there's no reason that Bama can't be in the mix with those schools uh, we've got an amazing national brand we've got tremendous facilities and uh, just a lot of resources and, and support and it just takes time to you know what you're talking about is being one of the top 15 teams in a program and, and you don't take over a, a team that in 2017 went 5 and 24 in league play and uh, really didn't have uh, just one SEC level player in, in its freshman and sophomore classes. You know, that first roster I took over, really Sam Prater was the only player in the freshman and sophomore classes that, you know, is, is still here and that, that I inherited. And, you know, it just, you don't put together a top 15 team in, in two years. It, it just takes time. So um, we've made real strides. We've gotten better every single year. Uh, I think we have a lot of young talent in the program. You know, there were multiple times in Hoover that uh, seven of the nine guys in our lineup were either true freshmen or COVID freshmen, and I think that'll pay off next year. Brad Bohannon, head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide baseball team, joining us here inside the press box. Quick thumbnail, if you can, on, on NC State. Team you'll face first. You know, Chris, they look like an SEC team, uh, really one of the best offensive teams and groups of position players in the ACC, which is a, a very good conference. But, um, you know, when I watch them on tape, you know, they look a lot like how I want us to look. They're, they're very balanced. they got a nice mix of uh, physicality and athleticism of left and right, you know, get some speed, get some power. I uh, really like their group of position players. And they really use about five pitchers. They have three right-handed starters. They throw a bunch of strikes that aren't overwhelming, but they uh, they know how to pitch and throw multiple pitches for strike. And then they have two lefties they really rely on in the pen that are, you know, low to mid-90 guys. And they really ride those five guys. So um, really, really good team uh, will be a tremendous challenge. And, um, you know, as good as they are, the nice thing about being in this league is we're not going to see anything that we haven't seen yet. doesn't mean that we'll win or that we'll play well, but right. we won't see anything that we haven't seen already. That is Brad Bohannon, head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide, as he readies his team to head to Ruston, Louisiana, their opening round matchup in that uh, Ruston regional against the uh, the three-seed, or pardon me, the uh, two-seed is North Carolina State Friday at 2 p.m. on ESPN3. And, of course, with Chris and I assume Roger Hoover will make the trip with you this weekend for the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Whoops, I'm sorry there, Chris. Roll today. Originally, roll today, but we're going to roll tomorrow morning early. In fact, it may be the road show. Uh, version once again as we we make our way to Ruston, which is not an easy uh, short trek. It's about it's going to be about five and a half six hours there, trying to get there in time for the uh, practice for the Tide and then the press conference. Gotcha. It'll take place as well. Very well. And again, uh, the Crimson Tide headed for Ruston, Louisiana. JD's Jags are headed for Gainesville, Florida as the three seed there where they'll meet Miami. We did talk to head coach Mark Calvey, who's ready in his Jags for that Gainesville regional and talked about who how cool it was to gather for Monday's selection show watch party. Yeah, it, it was a really fun day. It was great to have a lot of people that 
a lot of people there that that mean a lot to me and the program and um you know it's a, it's an exciting time postseason play it's um you know having uh, been a, a very strange year with covid and um but our, our guys you know being the best team in the league um and then to go win the tournament i just thought i thought they were outstanding man but yeah what what a and it culminated in a, in a really uh, a fun day and fun atmosphere yesterday coach about three to four weeks to go in the season Miles Smith was Jeremy Lee's backup coming out of the pen uh, and getting it done. was very effective for you. And all of a sudden, uh, Jeremy Lee's out, Miles Smith, next man up, answers the bell for you and just kind of put it in a, in a nutshell for our listeners of what Miles Smith meant to the Jaguar team in the postseason tournament. Wow. Yeah, well, all year long, you know, you alluded to it earlier. He, uh, uh, we would run, you know, Jeremy Lee would start first game and, uh, you know, if it was in, anywhere in the fifth or sixth inning, if it was uh, if we were up by one or two, tied or down by one or two, I was going to Miles, and uh, for two reasons really. Uh, number one, you know, Jeremy was a freshman, and uh, num- you know, and also it would have kept innings off both him and Miles. I knew no, I knew neither one of them were going to throw a hundred innings this year if I did it that way. Um, you know, neither one of them are, are very big in stature, and uh, you know, if I want, I wanted to keep some, I wanted to keep some work off of them, so I was going to partner them. And I could have done it the other way around, to be honest with you. I could have started Miles and relieved Jeremy Lee. Um, it just so happens that, that that's the way we did it. And uh, the dynamic of it was really good, and it worked really well. And then, you know, right up until Georgia Southern, and then Jeremy Lee had some forearm tightness, and Miles came in for that game and saved the day. And then, uh, you know, he became our Friday night guy. It was the logical, you know, the logical thing to do. He was the logical uh, replacement, and uh, he was wonderful. Now, we blew, you know, we blew some games that, like he would he would go six or seven, and we wouldn't be quite as good team wise the last two to three innings in the last month of the season. We were in position, you know, um, we were at a forty something RPI. If we just played well the last month, if we took care of business, we would have gotten an at large. I believe we would have won the league and gotten an at large without having to win the tournament. But that didn't happen. And then enter Miles Smith again on Wednesday. And then yesterday, and then uh, Sunday, and uh, you know it, it's hard. I don't know how he pitches with that Superman cape on. He is the coach of the South Alabama Jaguars, Mark Calvey. With this is the uh, number three seed. They'll head to Gainesville and take on the number two seed, Miami, coming up Friday at four p.m. at Florida Ballpark. Brand new there, Mark. Uh, as we kind of talk about the Sun Belt tournament, how confident are you that we've seen the uh, last of the pool play format? That that was an odd week in Montgomery, was it not? <laughs> That was very odd. I, I don't. I, you know what? We had so much going on with the COVID, and I don't even remember meeting about the tournament format. And <laughs> and a matter of fact, every coach that I talked to at the tournament, they're like, "Hey, did we vote on this?" And I, and I we were all like, "When the hell did we vote on this?" No, no one, no one knew what. Uh, really, no. Like the format, we were all surprised when we got there. So, uh, yeah, it, it needs to be adjusted. But then again, you know. They went with the 12 teams because of COVID. I understand that. Um, you know, I, I, they did the best they could. I, I, you know, but but looking at it, the four best teams in the league played the last two games. So they did get it right. But I didn't like the format, you know, with a meaningless game. But, you know, we had a day off in there. And I don't know. The four best teams are in it. Coach, I saw Miami, they, they go 0-2 at their conference tournament in Charlotte in the ACC. They did end the regular season winning eight of their last ten. 
I know uh, you, you've talked to your players so many times, and you're, you're not a rah-rah guy. Uh, I know you can get on them sometimes when you think they're not focusing, but you're not that guy that like does, I don't think, the motivational speeches. But you always say you want each guy just to be the best version of themselves either time they come to the plate, make a play, or head out to the mound. Is there any different in preparation, uh, or, do, or do these guys already have enough maturity to understand what's at stake when they go uh, now heading to Gainesville? Yeah, nothing's different. I think they, they get on to you if you start acting different. You know, obviously, you're here. The team is here for a reason. They, they've figured some things out. You figured some things out. Your staff, they're doing some things right. Um, I think you just you keep working on the things you need to get better at. You got one, you, you know, you're guaranteed one more week, um, one more weekend of baseball. Nothing's guaranteed after that. So you just continue to, to work and you know, the one thing I don't do is like, okay, guys, uh, let your hair down. It's postseason time. Let's do what we want. Like, I, you know, I, I never do it that way. I just, it's, uh, you know, th- we're going to practice today and, and uh, they're going to go hard. And, you know, if they don't, I don't know, they might run some stadiums. I mean, that <laughs> uh, it's right to the end for me, man. Like, it's, it's, it's one more week, you know. It's like, this is no different than last week. Um, yeah, we're, we're trying to, we're trying to win our next game. We're trying to win a regional and. Uh, no, no need to change. You know, if that works great, if it doesn't work, I, I, at least I'll, I'll look back and I'm like, man, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have changed. I should have saved myself. So, um, but yeah, we're going to, we're, we're going to get after it at practice today. And I think about it, coach too. Why not us? Why not us? We're one of four teams in this regional. Why not us to advance to the supers? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it's postseason. you know, it's, it's, uh, some crazy things happen and not that it would be crazy if we, you know, not that it would be crazy if we, if, if we made it through there, but, um, you know, mid, mid-majors, and I hate that title, but, um, you know, it's tougher on mid-majors. Heck, it's tougher on mid-majors getting in. I, I did a study, you know, uh, I don't know, five years ago, and uh, like 9% or less than 9% of mid-majors, true mid-majors, went to back-to-back regionals in a five-year window. We were one of them. Lafayette was one of them. Coastal was one of them. But less than 9% of all mid-major schools in this country were fortunate enough to either earn their way or get into back-to-back regionals. It's tough. It's really tough. It's tougher than people think. No doubt. It is very hard to get your team into the NCAA regionals, but Mark Calvey has his South Alabama Jaguars there for the fourth time in the last 10 seasons. Wish them the very best of luck this weekend in Gainesville. Our thanks to Coach Calvey and to Coach Brad Bohannon of Alabama for joining us inside the press box and our thanks to you for listening. Hey, if you like what you hear and you'd like to support us, here's a couple things you can do. You can find us on social media, follow us on Twitter, like our Facebook posts, find us on Instagram as well. We're there at Press Box Radio 1. That's Press Box Radio and the number one. And that's the same handle you use to find this press box. If you would be so kind as to subscribe to it, we would appreciate that. And even better, if you tell a friend, they can find us on Apple and Google Podcasts plus iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you and they find their favorite podcast. Simply search for PressBox Radio 1. That's PressBox Radio and the number one. Until next time, for my partners Chris Stewart and J.D. Byers, I'm Mike Grace thanking you for joining us Inside the Press Box.